You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Rags to Riches. Hello my radio friends. I'm so glad you've joined me today for another in the series Give Me the Bible. Today I want to share a story from the Bible and bring from the story some issues that are valuable for our everyday lives. The story is set in the Middle East and concerns two countries, Israel and the neighbouring country of that time, Moab. Israel was suffering a severe drought. It was so severe that some people chose to emigrate to other places where life would be more normal. Among those who chose to emigrate was a man, Elimelech, and his wife, Naomi, and their two sons, Malon and Chilion. These two sons may have been in their early twenties. And so they left their home town of Bethlehem and went into the more mountainous neighbouring country of Moab. We're not told how long the family resided there, but I suspect it would have been a number of years. Unfortunately, Naomi's husband died, and then not long after the two boys died, leaving Naomi without any means of support. Both boys had married Moabite girls, and the same state of affairs applied to them as well. And this was a hefty blow for all of them. What should they do? Naomi decided that it would be better for her to go back to Israel, where at least she had some relatives who might help her in this difficult time. And before going on with the story... I want to point out that sometimes unexpected and unwelcome circumstances come upon most people. Few of us go through life where everything works out like we plan it to do. In that, we can relate to Naomi and her two daughters-in-law. When my wife and I married, we expected to grow old together, and we're grateful for the many happy years we have had. But many couples have had to face separation through death, disease, dissatisfaction and discontent. Parents sometimes have to face up to the fact that their children predecease them. The book of Ecclesiastes faces up to those issues where it says in chapter 12 and verse 1, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, while evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh when you shall say, I have no pleasure in them. In my words this says, Be committed to God, for the time will come when you will have trouble and then die. Well, Moab was a pagan land, and Naomi wanted to go back home. Her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, who were devoted to their mother-in-law, chose to come with her. 
Bert and Naomi counselled them to stay in their own country where they could remarry and have children. Several times she advised them to stay in Moab and eventually, after many tears, Orpah parted and went back. But Ruth would not. In the book of Ruth we read what she said. It's in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Entreat me not to leave you or to return from following you. Forever where you go, I will go, and wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Wherever you die, I shall die, and be buried there. The Lord so do to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. There are only two books in the Bible named after women, and I believe they are there to encourage people to commit themselves to the Lord and to show that he can do marvellous things for and through us. And there are two points I wish to make here. For Ruth to make such a brave statement, to never leave Naomi, shows that Naomi must have been a wonderful example to the younger woman. Ruth had everything to gain by remaining in Moab, but chose to remain with Naomi even though she was poor, had little in the way of prospects, and would not be able to provide for her. And that's a challenge for me. Am I an example of decency, of beauty of character, of love, respect, and of good deeds, that someone might look up to me and say, I want to be like him. The other point is that the younger woman had faith in God, that Naomi's God, who is my God too, would work things out for them, even though they could not see into the future what would happen. In these days of uncertainty, with the cascade of troubles that are happening on this planet, life without God is very uncertain. Every day, at least in Australia, eight people commit suicide because they are so troubled about life now and in the future. Eight is the number given to the public. There are probably many other suicides not recorded as suicides. And that shows the desperation and uncertainty about life. But you know, life with God is different. You have someone who cares for you, who has a plan for you and is willing to take tremendous risks for you that you might be happy both now and in the hereafter. And here's what God declares in Jeremiah chapter 29, 11. He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Naomi could see that Ruth firmly intended to go with her to a different country with a different culture. So she accepted the determination that Ruth showed 
and these two practically destitute women made their way back to Bethlehem. The family originally left their home in Israel because of the drought, but the home and property where they lived was still there. No doubt the house was in need of repair, and the land was overgrown with weeds and bushes, but at least Naomi and Ruth had somewhere to live. And it was probably in early May or June at the beginning of the barley harvest, that is, in early summer in the Northern Hemisphere. The weather would have been warm and mild. But where would these two women get food? Well, back in those days, it was a practice in Israel when harvesting was being done that people who were poor could go into the grain fields and collect any heads of wheat or barley that the reapers missed. This practice was known as gleaning. Ruth had an idea, and she said, and you can read this for yourself in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 2, let, let me go to the field and glean ears of corn, that's grain, after him in whose sight I find grace. And she, that's Naomi, said, Go, my daughter. Ruth was young and fit, and if the landowner permitted her to glean his field, she was prepared to work in order to get enough food for their survival. Have you ever picked cherries? <laughs> it takes much longer time to fill a bucket with cherries than picking a bucket of oranges. But Ruth would be picking up heads of barley, and it was backbreaking work. But at least it was something. And I suppose there's a lesson for us to learn here too. We should be grateful even for small mercies. It so happened that the field where Ruth worked belonged to Boaz, a very wealthy man who was a relative of Naomi's deceased husband, Elimelech. One day Boaz came from town to see how the reapers were getting on and Notice there was a lovely young woman amongst the other female gleaners collecting the fallen heads of grain not far behind the reapers. And Boaz asked the foreman, Who's she? To be told that she was a Moabitish woman who returned to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Boaz went and spoke to Ruth and told her that she had his full authority to continue gleaning in his fields. He also told her that he had commanded the men in the field to leave her alone and not to molest her in any way. Ruth was grateful, and she bowed down to the ground and thanked Boaz for his kindness. But Boaz obviously impressed with Ruth, gave her even further privileges. We read this in Ruth 2 verse 14. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come and eat with the reapers and dip your bread in the vinegar with us. And she sat beside the reapers, and he, that's Boaz, passed her the parched corn 
and she ate with them, and was sufficed, then left. She probably wondered, can this be true? Was she able to believe what had just happened? Here, this wealthy farmer invited her, a foreign woman, to lunch, which he provided, and to eat with the men. None of the other gleaners ever had such privileges. But you know, there was more. Boaz then ordered the reapers, who were working immediately ahead of Ruth, to deliberately leave some stands of barley for her. What a turn of events! To be, to be complimented for her care of her mother-in-law, to be invited for lunch and to be given protection from being molested by any of the men, and then deliberately provided with extra grain by what may have appeared as carelessness of the reapers just ahead of her, this was marvellous. In my opinion, this all happened not just out of coincidence. I believe Ruth was being rewarded by God for her faithfulness, and because she chose to serve the true God, the Creator and Sustainer God, who was Naomi's God, and he is my God. And this same God knows who you are, and cares deeply for you. But if you ignore or reject him, you won't even be aware of his blessings. We're going to stop here and have a little break and go on straight afterwards. Follow your leading and trust your design. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a praise song to you, Lord. In moments like these, I lift up my my hands to the Lord. Singing I praise you Lord. Singing I praise you Lord. Singing
That afternoon, when the day's work was finished, Ruth threshed the barley and took it home to Naomi. In total, it amounted to about 22 litres, which is about two and a half buckets full. And that was a lot. Naomi was interested what had happened to Ruth that day and asked her many questions, especially about where she had worked. And in Ruth 2.19, we have the answer. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she'd been working. The name of the man I worked for today is Boaz, she said. In verse 20, The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, That man is our close relative. He's one of our kinsmen redeemers. Now, a kinsman redeemer was customarily someone who helped a family or family member who fell on hard times. Probably the closest kinsman redeemer equivalent we have in our times would be a godfather or a godmother, although that person in our times may not even be a relative. Can you see what's happening here? God is putting all the pieces in place. God has been working ahead to bring about a wonderful outcome in the lives of those two women who were true to him. And God has done things for me when I was in desperate situations, and he can do the same for you. Also, Ruth worked in Boaz's fields during the whole harvest. Now, Naomi made a very impactful suggestion. It was at the end of the harvest, and on the farm there were threshers to remove the grain from the heads of barley. Boaz was on site at the farm and stayed there overnight to keep an eye on things. Naomi told Ruth to wash, perfume herself, put on her best clothes and after Boaz had lain down for the night to secretly go down to where he lay sleeping, uncover his feet and lay down there also. This was a custom in those times that we don't practice anymore. Basically, it was a kind of proposal. And we read in Ruth chapter 3 verses 7 to 11 this. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I'm your servant, Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are my kinsman redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. This kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, I will do for you all that you ask. 
all my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Well, Boaz must have been a middle-aged man and had never married. He felt quite elated that this beautiful young woman was interested in him. What a wonderful thing it is to be considered by others as a person of noble character. When others can trust you and recognise that you are someone of high moral standing, that is something worth having. But there was a problem. There was another relative who was even more close to Ahimelech than Boaz. It was the custom of the times that the closest relative take responsibility, and if he did not want to take responsibility, the duty to care for the needy in the family would go to the next closest relative. Next day, Boaz went to the town gate where all business was conducted and waited for the other relative to come along. There, in the presence of the town officials, Boaz put it to him that in order to care for the now-widowed Naomi, he should buy her land. He agreed to do that, but then Boaz announced that there was a further complication. It was that as well as the land, he was also to take care of Ruth, as she was the widow of Ahimelech's son. Oops! That put a spanner in the works. The other relative was not prepared to do that, and so forfeited his rights as kinsman redeemer. Instead of signing any document, the custom of the day was that as proof of the transference of his rights, the kinsman redeemer, in the presence of the town officials, would take off one of his sandals and give it to the one to whom the rights were transferred. Well, so Ruth became Boaz's wife, and probably Naomi lived with them. The story of these two faithful women is a rags-to-riches story. Ruth, from being a destitute widow, became the wife of one of the wealthiest landowners in the district. Now I'll read to you from Ruth 4, verses 13 to 17. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. He went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a kinsman-redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap, and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, actually it was a grandson, and they named him Obed. 
He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. If you look in your Bible at Matthew chapter 1, you can read the human genealogy of Jesus. There you will see the names Boaz and Obed listed. They were part of the human ancestry of Jesus Christ, the royal line. Just see what the Lord can do. The story of Ruth is the story of a pagan woman who believed in the true God and committed herself to him. It is the story of someone who was devoted and cared for others. It is the story of someone who had to deal with tremendous sorrow and severe privation. Yet it is a story of courage and perseverance, of victory and faithfulness, of fidelity and integrity. Ruth became the great-grandmother of King David and the great-great-grandmother of King Solomon and eventually in the line of Jesus. In some ways I envy Ruth when I think of the legacy I leave of my life. If I'm faithful, noble and true, then history may record me in its annals as happened with her. And what about you? Are you like Ruth, endeavouring to be faithful to the Lord and the people around you? Are you willing to accept the Lord into your life? And are you prepared to follow him wherever he leads you? My friends, just as Ruth went from rags to riches, you can have a similar experience as you commit your life to the Lord and let him accomplish the plans he has for you. May God bless you richly. <laughs> 